0: Welcome to the PT Coffee Cast, a podcast helping coffee-infused clinicians elevate their practice by realizing the tools they already possess. on guys welcome back to the PT Coffee Cast brought to you by the movement my name is Dalton and alongside me today is my beautifully bearded friend William William how are we doing today
1: I'm doing good uh you know just uh ready to go we got some good coffee although I'm a little bit disappointed we didn't try our new bag of coffee but we're, we're we got to finish off the existing bag that we have yeah
0: we'll save the the Christmas blend which is already post-Christmas yeah for even Farther away from Christmas time, just to rebring the spirit.
1: Lauren, our awesome client experience manager, was uh, was in charge of ordering the coffee yesterday or uh, two days ago, and had this inner dialogue with herself like, "Is it bad to order the holiday blend like after the holidays?" And we both just look at each other like. Nah, we're doing
0: it. We're keeping the spirit alive. Yeah, exactly. But guys, we're pumped to have you back. We're excited to dive into today's episode. Um, So before we do that, though, make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast on your podcast platform, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it may be. Make sure you guys are following us on Instagram. We'll put out clips from the podcast there at PT Coffee Cast. And then if you want to see our beautiful faces on youtube head over to the youtube channel subscribe there you'll get the full episodes um, on that channel we're, we're really hoping to boost the youtube up this year that's a that's a goal of ours um, so we're super stoked about that and then make sure you check out the movement for all thing mentorship and the podcast as well but let's dive into it um, so today we're going to talk about two things we think you guys should try following i'm sorry on a follow-up session um so we talk about we've talked about this before a lot and it's something we we dive into on the mentorship is having frameworks for our sessions so we talk about like frameworks that we use for our initial assessment but we also have frameworks for the follow-up sessions and even more specific like the start of a follow-up session the middle of a follow-up session in the end of the follow-up session um, but today we're going to focus more on the start of the follow-up session and give you guys a little bit of insight into like the things that we try to do to plan um, for those sessions to to make them successful. Um, a lot of times people feel like they're rushed, which maybe you are. So having a plan and having a framework is actually going to allow for those sessions um, to go a lot more smoothly than just kind of running around with your head cut off.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Having a framework, I think... It just helps you have something to fall back on, too. You know, where you're not just kind of uh, randomly doing things. It helps the planning process go quicker, I think, too.
0: Totally, yeah. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to set a little scenario out, and we're going to work reverse engineer that scenario um, to show you guys how we would set up for something like this. So the scenario is someone who is dealing with anterior knee pain Um, while they squat and they're a bit fearful about squatting deep because of the pain that they get in their knee and so when we think about our follow-up sessions with this type of client usually what we try to do is pick one to two key learning lessons that we want to get across for the session and then one to two key exercises that you're going to utilize to maybe drive home that learning lesson. Doesn't mean you have to just have two exercises, you can have more than that, but trying to really think about the lessons you're trying to get across and the exercises or drills that can facilitate those learning lessons. Um, And so for this example, thinking about the lessons you want to drive home, what we would typically do is think about this prior to going into the session. So um, in this example, you know the two kind of key things we'd want to get across to this client is Um, Why you need to be able to actually load your knee over your toe and how that's relevant to your function. And then the other thing would be the importance of dosing um, exercises, especially when it comes to uh, pain and discomfort. So those are the two kind of key lessons that we would want to get across in this scenario. And then we would have exercises and drills, which I'm going to have Whale take you guys through, um, that would drive home those learning lessons.
1: Yeah, so uh, just thinking of you know kind of the exercises. Obviously, I think you want to pick something that's going to challenge that kind of you know quality that you're working on, right? So uh, what I often go to. It's a very easy example and super accessible for most people is uh, a wall squat. And uh, the reason I choose that is because it's very easy. To highlight the dose response relationship between uh, knee travel and uh, discomfort basically uh, so it's easy to modify the distance between the feet and the wall and so what I'll often do is go uh, hey we're gonna try you know uh, to do this um, wall squat uh, people usually can remember that from like gym class or something. Yeah,
0: it's a classic yeah. gym class exercise.
1: You're like, I, you know, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, we got this, all right. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then I'll I'll show them like, hey, this is like how you can change the amount of knee over toe, right? And that's very important because what we want to find is the appropriate spot on the continuum of knee over toe loading. So that you can tolerate it and you can scale up over top then we'll uh i'll show them how you know if my feet are further there's less knee over toe if my feet are closer there's more then i'll have them try it uh with their feet far out and just kind of go until they find like a zone uh that is appropriate for them and then we'll start you know we'll kind of like dial that in like what they're gonna do and i think, That exercise is great because it really brings to the forefront all those discussion points, right? Like, we can talk about why it's actually okay for their knees to go over their toe. We can talk about uh, how the dosing matters, and they're feeling it during that uh, movement and conversation.
0: Yeah, I think it's good because you can really show them, like examples as to why it's important to have your knees go over your toe especially with the squat you know like as they're kind of navigating that depth and they're going a little deeper you could be like you know could you see how if i had to go down into like a catcher squat position you could even demonstrate that how it's important that our knee is able to like travel over our toe and you can probably you could also show them like as they move their feet closer to the wall and they go down how that's gonna allow for the knee to travel over their toe I think you could tie in the fear thing with that too because people are probably a little bit nervous as they're getting lower and a lot of times in the wall squat you're in a lot you're in control a lot more as the as the client cuz like you can go slow the walls there to support you you feel a little bit safer and so you can have people kind of like push into that and they can really see or you can also point out like hey look like your knee is starting to come more over your toe we're loading that it's tolerable it's okay, and that can reinforce that, like, lesson of, like, someone who's fearful of that type of movement, and then you can also tie into, like, how functionally you're going to be exposed to that if you're bending down, squatting down to pick anything up off the floor, or pick up your kid, or whatever's relevant to their their goals in that circumstance. Exactly, and I think that you hit a lot of
1: really good points there, because, like, it really isn't a magic exercise or anything like that right it just fits the purpose of what we talked about before that we're trying to achieve and it's a good option to try for someone who is really fearful you know because it kind of provides like a sense of safety and i think allows the person to experiment uh with some constraints right uh but if you know the situation was different and the person wasn't really concerned about knee over toe, but they still had knee pain, I might do something like maybe they were a bit more of an advanced lifter or something like that. I might do something uh, more advanced, right? Uh, and start from there. There's other options, but you're reverse engineering. You're going like, what's the goal? What are the key learning points that we need to hammer home, and then then you're selecting your options.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we'll get into the, the dosing because I think the dosing is a nice thing to talk about and hit on it. But to keep with keep that example, like in that scenario, I'm always planning the progressions of that in case we can go there, right? So, like, yeah. if I'm going into that thinking, okay, this person's a little bit nervous, they're a little bit fearful of these movements, like a wall squat is a nice entry point, but what are like progressions on that if they tolerate that? you can then move to the next progression and figure out a way you can expose them to that. And if they're feeling good and they're tolerating it, that can really open up their eyes. It's like, okay, you can tolerate a wall squat. Hey, how about we just try going and doing like a a goblet squat to a box? Like, let's see what that looks like and try and tolerate that. And then if they're able to tolerate that, it's like, cool, let's go to the next progression, the next progression. And so you're always having those in your head in case you go there. But then if you don't, Go there because someone's a little bit more nervous and it, maybe they don't progress through the wall squat as well. You can stay focused on that and then like pivot to maybe something else that you could supplement in your session. But always going in with like a plan of pro- progression, regression of exercises so that you can just like go to them when the scenarios show themselves.
1: This is why we say only like a couple exercises like we're kind of assuming most people have half hour sessions right yeah but you can see how there's so many areas of opportunity if you're hitting the right things to have so many meaningful conversations so you really only need a couple but they're purposeful right because i think a lot of times like we talk about dosing like that's one of the key learning lessons it's like Okay, so what's that conversation look like, right? Like a lot of the times I'm relating it to different things that they know. Like, uh, for example, um, medications, I think, is something that people can really like relate dosing to. You know, if you have a little bit of the medication that's like the right dose, then uh, it's good, right? Right. But if you overdo it, uh, then... It's not good, right? So it's the same, yeah, definitely like, same stimulus, right? right? But you know, very different responses, right? Uh, and also, you don't always notice immediately. Like, you don't take a pill and go, "Oh crap, I overdid it." Yeah, it's two hours later or whatever that it hits you, right? <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of like gets into the dosing and monitoring yeah. and why sometimes you do want to err on the side of like caution and and start a little bit less intense and then monitor the response
0: yeah and, and i think that's a great like a way to think about it right um like in a good analogy that you can explain to the the individual but i think the other thing is like you could even just show them within that exercise because a lot yeah. of times what i'll do is i'll actually like push them a little bit farther than where maybe they're at from a tolerance standpoint so that they feel what it feels like to maybe go a little bit too far into the dosing and you can use that as an example of the importance of of dosing appropriately right so like you have them challenge the depth and it's like increasing their pain sensitivity to like a very uncomfortable level you can use that as an example of like hey here's why it's important we dose so that If you're just constantly pushing into that level of pain, you're probably gonna do too much and that's gonna flare you up. And then, if you, then you can say, hey, but remember when you were stopping a little bit higher and that was tolerable and it wasn't getting more intense as you did more duration of time and all that kind of stuff. That is probably a more appropriate dosing for us to focus on now so we can build up the tolerance and then we could progress as you feel more comfortable. So you can even use like the movement itself to teach them the dosing in a sense. Um, and it's kind of why it's okay to like, have them be a little bit more sensitive and show them that um, so that they can understand versus, like, you trying to tell them the importance of the dosing.
1: The key thing, I think, you know, like, the, the purpose of kind of what we're talking about is, like, we're thinking of all this stuff before right. the session, you yeah. know, like, and you might go a slightly different direction, but it's, it's you know, different routes to the same desired outcome.
0: Right, you know? and that's and why it's important to go in with a framework and um, an idea of like key things you want to hit on and some examples, exercises to reinforce that because you don't know where the conversation, where the session's going to go. It's so dynamic right. and fluid. If you're very rigid to that, it's kind of where the art comes in. It's like you then need to navigate and change and move with the client. It's like a kind of team effort. And so having those things... The framework allows you to just, okay, as long as I'm sticking to the framework, I know I'm going to get what I need done, but whatever happens within that is going to change a little bit and that's okay. And that's actually better and probably makes it more individualized to the client than having this like very rigid, like, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven exercises I'm going through. I'm just trying to get through these because I need to get through them because I think that's what they want and I don't have a lot of time and I'm just going to do that, right? That's not as individual or as client centered as like what we're talking about
1: right because you might have someone be like i hate wall slots i'm never doing this. <laughs>
0: yeah and then what
1: <laughs> and like that scenario is happening
0: <laughs> so, yeah and i think the key thing is like um to, to wrap it up or kind of summarize it is like you don't need that much to get an effective session so like if you are you know working in a 20 or 30 minute follow-up model which like puts a little pressure on you from a time standpoint it's like if you just even did like the wall squat and you taught them those two lessons and you and you set expectations as to how that's going to help them get back to their goals like even just that in and of itself is like a super effective session for the client and like could actually help them reach their goals probably better than if you're just throwing like seven exercises at them because you feel like you need to give them more to like provide value exactly and we didn't talk about it too much but it kind of ties into like the three things we try to accomplish at the start of a session which is like reconnect which is just naturally trying to build rapport with the client reassess which in this case you would probably reassess their squat and just see how the tolerance to that deep squatting is and then setting expectations and i think that's the key one in this scenario is setting the expectations of hey, here are the two things that I wanna work on today and what we wanna to try to get across, and here's the, the one to two exercises that we're gonna to use to facilitate that um, so that we can get you closer to back squatting again. And as long as you've set those expectations leading into that session, when you only provide them with one to two exercises, they're okay with that because that's the expectation that was set at the start. Um, and it also allows for dialogue if they're like, "Well, why am I only getting two exercises?" And then it gives you the control to say, "Here's why you're getting only one to two exercises," and then everyone's on the same page, like moving into that session. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and that's, uh, that setting expectations thing. I think is the probably the most important thing there. It's like, hey, like you know, these are the couple things that we're gonna do today. Uh, one, because like it just gets you in agreement. But two, because they may have something that they are like, actually, I want to do this. Right. Right? And if you just start going through the session, you may miss something where they're like, hey, you know, actually, this more pertinent thing came up. I need you to have a look at this or like.
0: And that's going to change the whole whole session. But again, like the setting expectations is key so that that comes out or so that they know what to expect. Exactly. If they don't have anything new. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think uh since since kind of looking at it in this framework it's really helped just uh with like clarity on like how to play a session and you know, how I want that to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um so I think that's good. Think that's it. I think we'll leave it there. Um so just to just to summarize guys like the key things is like going into your session thinking about one to two lessons that you want to get across to the client and then using one to two exercises to facilitate those lessons now we're using like one to two exercises example because a lot of times people don't have an hour session which we we have um, and if you have a 30-minute session I do think one to two exercises is enough now it might be more than that but the idea is that you don't need a thousand exercises to get across the points that you need to get across and then the importance of reconnecting reassessing and setting expectations for that follow-up session at the start are the key things to Put you in a really good position to have success with that client on a follow-up session. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we're we're assuming a lot of people have thirty-minute sessions, but if you want to know about what like our hour-long sessions look like and how we kind of structure those, let us know. We would definitely talk about that. Uh, totally. We just kind of assume most people do half-hour sessions, but we definitely have a, a, some different thoughts and like how we kind of lay out a full hour. So. Yeah, if you want to hear about that, just
0: let us know. Totally. And you can let us know by sending us a DM on Instagram, at PT ptcoffeecast, which if you aren't following us there, you should definitely follow us. Um, if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, subscribe on your podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. That way you don't miss out on any episodes. If you want to see our beautiful faces, our beautiful socks, um, head over to the YouTube channel. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. There we put out the video episodes. Um on that platform. And then lastly, check out the website, themovementorship.com, about all things mentorship if you guys are interested in working with us um, from a mentorship standpoint. But that's all we got for today, guys. As always, stay caffeinated. Peace.